Pastor Xavier Reese and the problem with the flesh. Apart from the Spirit, you cannot live for Christ, neither can I. No person can. And though you may have the instruction of God's Word, the law did not empower you to keep. You get on the freeway, it says 65. Does it give you the ability to stay at 65? No, in fact, it provokes you to go 66. Now it's a challenge. Laws. We are lawbreakers. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. In the Old Testament, hope, comfort, and peace were promises for the future. But for today's believer, those are the comforts that can be found in a living relationship with Jesus Christ. As we return to our study series in the book of Hebrews, Pastor Xavier brings this simple message of hope. The new covenant is superior to old. Let's listen. Hebrews chapter 9. As you know, the author Paul has clearly communicated to these Hebrew Christians the superiority of Jesus beyond a shadow of a doubt. From the very opening verse of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, he's superior to the prophets. He sits at the right hand of God on the majesty of God. From that point on, he keeps going. In the first four chapters, uh, he has presented Jesus as superior to his person, superior to the prophets, to angels, to the first Adam, to Moses, and to Joshua. This goes from chapter 1 to chapter 4, verse 13. And then in the next six chapters, he presents Jesus superior by his work. And that goes from chapter 4, verse 14, all the way to chapter 10, verse 18. And the key theme there is his high priesthood. Jesus has been said to be superior as high priest because he's after the order of Melchizedek in heaven in contrast to the Aaronic high priesthood on earth. And therefore, it is superior in terms of the Levitical priest officiating on earth to that which is in heaven. And he takes that all the way from chapter 4 verse 13 to chapter 8. 13 to the very end of the chapter. Now, there are two other ways in which Paul the Apostle is going to reveal the superiority of Jesus regarding his work. Here in chapter 9, by elaborating on the superiority of the new covenant over the old. Now, for our study, we'll, we want to focus on the fact that the old covenant is fulfilled by the new covenant, and it's evident by three things. And they're given to us here in verse 6 down to 23. Let me read the text for us. Now, when these things had been uh, thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regards to the conscience, concerning only with foods and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, 
having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and of ashes and heifers sprinkle the unclean, sanctified for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where there is a testament, there must also be of necessity be the death of a testator. For the testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Then likewise he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. The old covenant is fulfilled by the new covenant. And Paul says it's evident by three things here. Verse 6 to 10 by the prophetic nature regarding the service of the earthly tabernacle. And then in verse 11 through 14, by the perfect atonement regarding the service in the heavenly tabernacle. And then verses 15 to 23, by the provisional mediator regarding the service in the heavenly tabernacle. Three evidences that cannot be denied and that establish the fulfillment of the old by the new. Let's begin here with the first, the prophetic nature regarding the service of the earthly tabernacle. Notice, first of all, in verse 6, he entered into the first room. As you know, the tabernacle had two rooms. It had a courtyard outside, a gate in the east. You entered in. There was an altar of brass for sacrifice. There was a, a, a labor of water, brass to wash. And they would offer sacrifice there. Then was the tabernacle, two rooms. And you had a veil to walk into the first. This is the first one. Fifteen high, fifteen feet wide, thirty feet long. This was known as the holy place. All the measurements of the furnishings of tabernacles you find in Exodus chapter 25 down to 31. And then you have a repetition at 33 to the end when they're erecting it and building it. Okay? All the measures are given there. He would walk in, he would trim and fill the lampstand, which would be, uh, as he walked in, would be to his left, which would be the south. And he would trim the lambs and it would have seven branches, three on one side, three on the other, and one on the top. And it was of all one piece beaten of gold. There was no windows in the tabernacle. The only light was that candelabra or that menorah. Prophetic of Jesus Christ, he's the light of the world, John says. He's the light that came into this world to shine on all men. The priest was looking towards and forward towards that light. It was to burn constantly. Now, there was also to the right, which would be the north, would be the showbread or the table of showbread. But before the veil would be that altar of incense. Now, he doesn't mention it here, but he does mention it, all of them, from verse 1 to verse 5. So to the left was a candelabra, to the right was a table of showbread, and to the front was the altar of incense. 
That table of showbread to the right was there, and it literally means bread of the face. And in Numbers 18, uh, verse 2 on down to 6, he was to perform this service, and he was to change those two stacks, six on each stack, symbolic of the 12 tribes, every Sabbath, and eat it. And that was symbolic of the bread of life to come, Jesus Christ. John, through the words of John, we are told in John 6, 51, Jesus, I'm the bread of life that came down from heaven. And so to the left, the lampstand. To the right, the table of showbread. And before in front, just before the veil, before the Holy of Holies, you had the altar of incense, which is not mentioned here particularly, but it is in the first four verses. This altar of incense was to be symbolic of the accepted prayers and the worship that God was receiving. The altar of incense did not really belong to the Holy of Holies. But the context here in chapter 9 is the Day of Atonement. And the author, Paul, is saying that when he went into once a year, he is giving the actual officiation of this service, and so he includes that altar of incense as part of the Holy of Holies. Many have thought that there's a contradiction between the Old Testament and verse 4 of chapter 9 because the, the golden censer is mentioned as part of the Holy of Holies. That is identified with the altar of incense. But this was only included in the Day of Atonement. When the veil was removed and he went there, the altar of incense became part of the Holy of Holies in the Day of Atonement. And so also the, the censer, this censer was of gold. The Mishnah tells us that this censer of gold was used in the Day of Atonement. Both the altar and the censer became part of the Holy of Holy worship, but in every day and every week and every month of the year, it was in the holy place, not the Holy of Holies. But when the veil was removed for the Day of Atonement, it became part of it. And that's what's going on here. There's no contradiction. So you have the altar of Vincent, which also speaks of the prayers of the saints. It is very clear by the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 8, it says uh, that it represents the prayers of the saints as the incense goes up. In fact, Psalm 141.2 says, uh, Let my prayers be set forth before thee as incense. And once you've made the sacrifice and the priest has gone in and has made the sacrifice, the incense is burned and it's a sweet aroma unto God as he accepts the covering for that sin. On the day of the atonement, this is going to be the sins of the people and the nation as a whole. Once a year, as we'll see. And the reason for the censor is to create a cloud around the Holy of Holies over the mercy seat, lest the priest should die. Leviticus 16, 13, and verse 40 tells us that. The Shekinah glory of God. And maybe this is where probably the Catholic Church and the priests get their incense and everything else. But remember, the priest was given to the Jews, never to Gentiles. And this priesthood is over with. Nobody has a right to it. Very important. Now, notice verse 7. The high priest entered the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur, as we said, the Day of Atonement, the tenth day of the seventh month, which is October on the Jewish calendar. He entered into that second room beyond the veil, 15 by 15 by 15 feet, a perfect cube, prophetic. Remember, everything in the tabernacle was what? Do everything according to the pattern given to you because there's a shadow of things in heaven. If you look forward to Revelation 21.16, the holy city of the New Jerusalem comes down. It is 1,500 miles square, a perfect cube. You have the holy of holies, prophetic, of the holy city of the New Jerusalem coming down. Okay? 
He entered once a year. Notice that. He entered not without blood. Leviticus 16.14. He entered once offering for himself and his family for sin. He entered the second time offering for the sins of the nation. The word sin there means ignorance or thoughtlessness. The idea of being unintentional, distinct from something that's with a high hand in the Old Testament. In other words, because of weakness, men fail. But in the Old Testament, for someone who said, you know, I don't care what Yahweh says, I'm going to do it anyway, there was no covering for rebellion. Okay? That's a high-handed sin. But there were provisions for infirmities, for weaknesses, just as there are in the New Testament. Okay? Very important. And you find this in Numbers 15.30 and Deuteronomy 17.12. Now, he entered the three times. He offered up incense, then secondly, for himself and his family, and then for the nation, Leviticus 16. Two goats. One of the goats would be sacrificed for the sins of the nation. The second one was a scapegoat, and he would be led to the wilderness. And the last man that saw him leave, he would have his eyes on him until he was totally gone out of his sight. He would turn and give the message. The sins of the nation are gone. The message would relay back. The nation would rejoice once a year. Prophetic of Jesus Christ who took away our sins. Everything in the Old Testament. Now notice in verse 8 through 10. The meaning of all the service in the tabernacle is given to us. We're not even left to our own subjective interpretation or our own wisdom. Thank God for that. It's the Holy Spirit who gives the interpretation. Verse 8, the Old Covenant had limited access to God. That's the first thing you need to understand. Limited access to God. The Holy Spirit being the author of Scripture and anointing the prophets of old indicates the one giving interpretation here, as well as the application. The high priest offered sacrifice after the order of who? Aaron. What was it looking forward to? The order of Melchizedek priesthood. It was prophetic. The once a year offering for sins of the nation, we're looking for what? The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, as the Melchizedek priesthood was. He was both lamb and priest. No priest would be the lamb. Very important. The place of the Holy of Holies was looking to what? The heavenlies, where Jesus sits now. So all that was on earth was pointing to that which would be ultimately fulfilled in the heavens. Look at verse 9. The old covenant was limited now in atonement. Not only access, but atonement. The Holy Spirit reveals that the tabernacle could only deal with the external, not with the inner man. The word symbolic there is the word for parable. It means that which is thrown alongside. Para, alongside, boldly to throw. And a parable is simply a story form by taking something that you do know, putting it next to something you don't know, and then knowing what you do know, you'll know what you don't know. That's what a parable is. A sower went out to sow seed. Everybody says, yeah, we know what a sower is. And he throws seed, some by the wayside, some on, on stony ground, some on thorns, some bring 30, 60, 100 full. Oh, we understand, so is the kingdom of God. Parable, parallel, we get our word, right alongside. The gifts and the sacrifice, notice, cannot make the priest or the individual perfect. The word perfect there means complete in conscience. It doesn't mean sinless. Bringing peace to the conscience as a complete work. Why? Because you have to repeat these things all the time. It was external. It reminded the people of the holiness of God. It reminded man of the sinfulness of himself. And these sacrifices cannot empower a person. This is the greatest key right here. 
to live above sin like the new birth. The law could only tell you what God required. And man has made in moral image of God. So he knows right from wrong and he can obey to an extent. But he has no ability within himself because he's a slave to sin nature. So the law always accused him, condemns him. It can't empower him to do that. And that's what Paul does in Romans, all through Romans, especially chapter 5, verse 12, all to the end of chapter 8, reckoning the old man. It's by the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Apart from the Spirit, you cannot live for Christ, neither can I. No person can. The conscience is not sufficient to guide our life for conduct. Conscience needs to be instructed. And though you may have the instruction of God's Word, the law did not empower you to keep. You get on the freeway. It says 65. Does it give you the ability to stay at 65? No. In fact, it provokes you to go 66. Because it says no. You as a parent tell your child, no, don't touch it. They go. <laughs> no is a challenge. Laws. We are lawbreakers. If we weren't lawbreakers, we wouldn't need any laws. Look at verse 10 now. The old covenant was limited in reality and time. Reality and time. They were shadows and types of heaven regarding Christ. With foods and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinance imposed. And the word imposed simply means to lay upon or to establish by God. God set the rules. He dictated those. It was put in place until its replacement. Notice that. In the future. From the outward earthly copy to the inward and heavenly reality. Until when? The time of reformation, which speaks of the new covenant, which is synonymous with who? Jesus Christ. This is my blood of the new covenant. My body broken for you. So the new covenant and the sacrifice of Jesus and the person of Jesus, they're all synonymous. The word reformation literally means to make straight in a physical sense. The idea is of restoring something to its natural condition. This is the only appearance of this word in the New Testament. In fact, the word is used for setting a fracture. In other words, the new covenant sets things straight and right between God and man. This is the word. Orthopedic. All right? They set things straight. Orthodox, that which is correctly straight. Same root word. And so the new covenant gets things right and straight between God and man until the time of reformation. You remember Caiaphas, a high priest, prophesied, it is expedient for you that one man should die instead of the people in John 11.50. He was prophesying because he's a high priest that year, even though he didn't know God. God allowed him to be the prophet to declare the death of Jesus Christ for the nation. The Old Testament entirely is speaking about the Messiah, that Jesus Christ was the one. He's going to tell us in chapter 10, verse 7, in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. The volume of the book, all of the Old Testament. Uh, as you know, when Jesus was, uh, had risen from the dead, as he was walking with the two men on the road to Emmaus, he began to expound to them from all the books in the Old Testament, every place that is spoken about him. I wish we had that record. We don't have it. Listen to him in chapter 10, verse 19 and 21. 
Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil into the holy of holies, that is his flesh, and having high priest over the house of God. His flesh was the fulfillment of removal of that veil. Smitten for me, he entered the holy of holies in heaven. Now I have access to him. Any man who calls himself a priest of God, doing service for God, is deceiving himself in that God has done away with the Levitical priesthood which was given to the Jew. There is no such thing today. When God rent the veil in the temple, and when the Jews and religious men went in and sewed it up and continued to offer sacrifices and service until 70 A.D., they were rebelling against God, they were practicing heresy, and they had apostatized from God because God was no longer honoring that system. That is the biggest problem of the Jew today. What do they base the forgiveness of their sins on? There's no sacrifice. There's no temple. Day of Atonement has become the day of reflection. So you reflect how bad you've been during the year and you go out to try to do good deeds. You better get a shoe horse and a rabbit's foot and everything else. Cross your legs and your arms and everything else. You'll never make it. Our bent is towards evil, though we have capacity for good. The person who is trusting outward rituals for cleansing and forgiveness and justification to be right with God is insulting the grace of God. For all these are limited to the outward and physical form, having no inner or spiritual effectiveness or benefit. And there are a lot of people who go through rituals. Religious people go through rituals. They make up their pilgrimages. They do works. They, they afflict their body. They do all kinds of things and thinking that that's going to get them right with God. Romans 3, 20 through 23, it says, Therefore, that by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witness to the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference from all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I must come through Jesus Christ. The law cannot justify me. No works can justify me. And you know the scripture in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 through 19, where people try to get you on the Sabbath. They, well, you should keep the Sabbath, and from Friday this, that, and they give you all kinds of these ritual Sabbath day, new moons, all this. He says, listen, all these were shadows of things to come. Jesus is the fulfillment. What are you doing being a slave to these trappings of all? They're not for today. Not at all. That was the problem with the Jews. They wanted to bring the Gentiles into the Jewish law. And the first church council in Acts 15 says, not on your life. We came by faith, they too. They don't have to be under this yoke that we couldn't even bear our fathers. <laughs> God had a set time in which he would initiate the fulfillment of the first covenant. And so he's told us in chapter 7 of Hebrews, verse 18 through 19, For on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is a bringing in of the better hope through which we draw near to God. It was only temporary. It's like when you get a temporary license. It's until you get your official license. It expires after certain days. Same thing. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor. Galatians 3, 24 and 25. So the law pointed us to Christ. It drove us to Christ. Pastor Xavier Reese explaining the short-term benefits that the law provided as it pointed to the path to true freedom. 
And as always, you can hear this message again if you like online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. But there's still more to come right here next time as well. Now, if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, you can pick up a copy of this message on CD for just $4. And the title to ask for is, The New Covenant is Superior to Old. And make sure you pass on this study to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is, The New Covenant is Superior to Old. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. Can you really find the path to heaven? That's coming up on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California, www.calvarychapelpasadena.com.